The reason people aren't financially free is they don't know what to do and they don't know where to start. I want you to join Joey and I at the Virtual Inner Circle Live April the 4th through the 6th as we share with you the exact answers to those questions. We only do this event one time per year. I don't want you to miss out. Go to wealthwatchwallstreet.com forward slash live and enter promo code podcast. When you're at this event, you're going to get your investor DNA. You're going to get access to up to six different passive income strategies. So you know, leaving this event exactly what to do, taking our decades of knowledge so that you can start becoming financially free. Go to wealthwallstreet.com forward slash live and enter the promo code podcast. If you're looking for a reason to quit your job, this might be a good episode for you. Not that your job, not that the company that you work for is bad. If you work for Wealthwell Wall Street, um, you love this job. Like this is an amazing job. <laughs> but if you're looking for more time, if you're looking for avenues to create passive income, if you're looking for time to spend with your family, this is an episode style that has all of those ingredients in it. True? No doubt. Yeah. Our buddy, Rick Rao, uh, one of our mastermind members and uh, just somebody who has taken massive action in our community, shares with you openly about his process, about his journey. And you may be dealing with some of the very same things, like the fact that he had to prep himself for this. This just didn't happen overnight. He had to get rid of the mental blocks, right? He had to prep financially to make this leap to quit his job. And not only that, he had to start investing in himself through courses, through coaching, and through really a change of scenery, right? Getting in the right rooms. Russ, what else would you say we will take away from this episode today? Well, it always comes down to taking action, right? Information is useless if you don't take action. Action allows you to gain experience, allows you to gain momentum, gain confidence. He took action. He did his first deal. He gained partners. All of those things gave him confidence. And as you listen to this toward the end, you actually hear what those numbers were like and you can understand how. He was able to quit his job. And also, what nuggets that you can take from his story that you can apply to yours so your story could be one that we be uh, that we might be telling in the future. Joey, let's jump in right now with our good friend, Rick Rao. Welcome to the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast, your guide to understanding how to get out of the Wall Street rat race and start your own mailbox money lifestyle. Now... Don't let these handsome Southern draws fool you. These financial minds are teaching our country to enhance savings, increase cash flow, and create passive income, all without the help of Wall Street. Are you ready to break through? Now here are your hosts, Russ Morgan and Joey Murray. Wealth Without Wall Street Tribe, it's time to hear from one of you, someone who has come through the ranks and has come out the other side with a story to tell. Welcome to the show, Rick Rao. What's up, my brother? What's up, guys? Welcome. Man, it came out of the gate with a Wealthwell Wall Street on Rick. You got this Wealthwell Wall Street shirt. I stopped short there, Stallion. He's got he's got his swag on. I love yeah, that. sir. I love it. Uh, okay, so it fits I, me I, so well, I could not wear it. <laughs> You're Joey, Joey, you said that so well when you said he's got a story to tell. So, Rick, March 31st, 2023 was a big day for you. Tell us what happened 
on that day. So that was actually the last day that I reported for my W-2 job after working in the construction development industry for 25 years. There was a significant amount of fear and excitement surrounded around that, you know, that came with that day, but also some peace. For me, I had just gotten to a point where I realized that I had given and offered everything I could at my W-2 and really my corporate career. And it was time for me to take the, the knowledge and the experience that I had learned, you know, through that 25 years. And then what I had, you know, started to venture down with land investing and start my own business. That was kind of the, uh, the kickoff point. Well, Rick, there's so many people that are in a position where they say, man, that sounds awesome. Like the, that sounds like the finish slide for me to leave my W2, but their reason for wanting to get there may or may not be the same as yours. And I'm just curious, what were the things that were maybe in your way that motivated you to make this change? Like what was the, the things that were missing that you said, I need to make this change? I think the biggest thing for me, honestly, was self-limiting beliefs and feeling like I was deserving of that opportunity. This group has obviously changed a lot of my mindset and feelings around that, um, which has brought me to this point. You know, for me, once I was able to kind of tear those barriers down and kind of get past, you know, my own inner dialogue and start to just believe in myself and really a lot of that was just taking action things started to come together very quickly. And so for me, I, again, I just, I felt like I had given everything to my W2 that I could. I came in when I hired on with my last employer, the goal was for me to be running the company after about two years, obviously COVID hit. We had some other setbacks. There was some disagreements in the direction that the company should be, should go and be, and how it should be ran. It just became more and more evident for me that I was at the end of this career as far as construction development goes. And if I really wanted to achieve um, my full potential, it needed to be on my own. The inner dialogue is something that we all have, right? And for some of us, it's a great pep talk. But also, sometimes we can be pretty hard on ourselves. For you, which one did you have? What What was the the driving force for you? Were you... Were you pepping yourself up or are we, are you having a lot of self-doubt during this process? It was a mix of both, quite honestly. So I started down the personal development path in like 2018 and I started with the first thing that I could change, which was my body. Quite honestly, that was kind of the, the, the stepping stone. And from there, I started working on my mind. And so by the time I had gotten to this point in 23, it was definitely more of building myself up and just making the decision to jump into the deep end of the pool. Um, I had done some other investments leading up to that where I was flipping houses while I was working my W-2. That was a pretty big, a pretty big leap, quite honestly. And I think some of the successes that I took from that really kind of built onto me being able to take this step where I just went all in on myself and just push my chips into the table. You know, I had been kind of planning this in the background. And so I made sure I didn't have any debts. I had six months of runway for bills and expenses. I had money set aside for starting a business and launching it so that I could at least pay my salary. And so, you know, I had taken 
and had some had taken some steps and had a strategy in place, which helped me to, you know, make that this made that decision a little bit easier, quite honestly. So, and you mentioned that there were some things going on at the workplace that is just like something. There's some friction that wasn't that wasn't going your way. You kind of felt like you were capped out. But talk about was there anything from a family perspective that you felt like this W two was standing in the way of? Because in my mind, there are people just like you that are stuck and they don't know a way out. And that what they're keep what it's their job is keeping them from something. They're keeping them from their their family, being able to do, go to all the events with their kids, to travel, to do these type of things that they envision their life looking like. And now they're kind of like in some sort of a prison. Was there something that kind of was also a spark from a family side for you, or was that just or was it just more career related? Yeah, that. The- Family was definitely a catalyst in that. So I remarried like 10 years ago. And, you know, when I was raising my two children from my previous marriage, that was a time in my life where I was climbing the ladder and having to work a lot just to accelerate and move through the corporate ladder, if you will. And I didn't get to spend as much time with my kids as I wanted to take vacations. It just was very time consuming. I was traveling a lot for, for work. And so when I got remarried and we had our son five years ago, I promised myself that I would, I would make sure that Hudson, he's he's five now, he just turned five about a week ago, that I would have more quality time with him, um, that it was so important for me to make sure that I didn't miss the small things because it's the small things that I think make the biggest impact. I mean, it's nice taking kids on vacation and getting to spend time with them or going to a soccer game or something like that. But my main goal was I wanted to eat breakfast with my son every morning and, and see him off to school. Mm. And so that was the thing that I, it was my driving factor. Honestly, that was the thing that really kept me focused on making this decision. And I'm happy to say that, um, I've gotten to have breakfast with him every day since March 31st, unless I was out of town for business. And I even get him ready for school. And then I even have the luxury now, you know, running my own business where I get to go pick him up from school. That is so rewarding and pays dividends far beyond anything I could have imagined. But even just, you know, just the freedom of being your own business owner and just having the luxury to do what you want at times. But so that was, that was really the big one for me. Mm, Man, that hits home, right? Like whenever you can spend time that quality time, right? That's the thing that he's five years old and you're a superhero, bro. I mean, not only do you look like a superhero because you're fit, man. Uh, and that Wells about Wall Street T's doing you some extra favors, like things. But like you're, you're spending time with him. He He's looking at you and he's like, man, this is my dad. And and now that he knows that you're spending time with him, he, he sees that investment. It'll go a long ways. I, I want to talk about the what's. I want to talk about the what the things were that you had to do. So you mentioned one of them, right? You had to prepare yourself. You had to prepare yourself mentally. You had to prepare yourself financially to get yourself to where you could take that action. But as I'm listening to you, I'm running on the treadmill, riding down the road, whatever, washing dishes. Like the, the hard part is like, what did you do? Like what were, like, I'm like, you know, the self talk is a lot of times in our head saying well brick is awesome he he, he can do it because of 
whatever, right? Like he has this background in construction or he's done some things like this in the past. I don't have that. I didn't go to school for that or never had a mentor in my life that led me that way. What are some of those small steps that you took that others who are listening to you right now can glean to be able to to see the the light at the end of the tunnel for themselves? I mean, my strategy was a little different. So I know everybody has kind of a different approach, but I just wanted to make sure because like, you know, land investing is what I'm doing as a full-time job now. And even that it's a very, it's specialized in what I'm doing. We're doing, I'm doing subdivisions or subdivides, if you will. I wanted to make sure that I had some opportunities in place that I knew were going to pay financially or dividends before I left, because I wanted to make sure that in addition to the runway that I had built out financially with no debt and then cash reserves and, you know, things where I could cash in, cash out if I needed to, that I had something already on the books that was going to provide a return or would be working in my favor when I left my W2. So that was one piece of the plan. The other part of it was honestly, I needed to have those conversations with my wife and, 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 and be honest with her about what this would look like, that there might be some stresses. I needed full buy-in from her. Um, she is my biggest cheerleader, my biggest supporter. I mean, um, I think having those conversations with your spouse, as hard as they may be, you need to have them. You need to make sure that you have the full support of your family behind you when you decide to take this type of a, you know, a leap. Those things really have just helped lead to my success very early in this business was being prepared, having a plan, and having the support of my family and their commitment. Um, so that was... I hope that answered your question. No, that's great. T- tell us why land flipping. You know, it's interesting. So we had, so we were, we were flipping houses that was, that went pretty well, but then interest rates started getting, going through the roof, obviously. So borrowing money was becoming harder and harder. Hard money was even harder to borrow. It was harder to find good deals because properties were at the top end of the value or the spectrum. Um, and so we started just kind of strategizing around like, okay, house flipping is going in a different direction right now. And it's not as lucrative or, and then there was just a lot of stress related with house flipping, quite honestly. Um, it's, it's not for the weak. (laughs) So we were just strategizing around what is our next venture look like? And so we initially were going down the short-term rental path and I had stumbled onto y'all's podcast and this thing about land flipping got mentioned and I had never even heard of it before. I mean, I knew about land developing because that's, that was, you know, the, the industry I'd come out of, but that was on a commercial side and that those are big dollars. And you know, that's, it's, it, it's a significant time frame. It's two, three years sometimes before you even get a shovel in the ground. And so I kind of went down that rabbit hole and started spending some time on that and doing my research, having conversations with my spouse and just said, Hey, I'd like to put the short-term rental thing off to the side and hit pause. I would, you know, I need, I need your support on this land on, on land flipping. I think there's an opportunity here because it just seems to be that there's a little bit of a less risk with a good return and we can just try it out and see how it goes. And so she was like, yeah, Hey, if that's what you think we need to do. And this was just going to be for like mailbox money, right? This was never like my full-time job aspiration. And so I did some research, found land geek, signed up for flight school and went through the whole course 
I'd actually just finished Land Geek when I got to Birmingham at the live event. Like I think I finished it the day before, quite honestly. And there's kind of some going through that process of learning the land business and land flipping. I realized at the Birmingham event that there was a different play for me because to me, I just felt like buying these little desert squares or doing the little, you know, Castilla County lots or, you know, whatever you want to, however you want to look at that. I thought there was a way for me to leverage my background in construction and development into this business. And so I started kind of going down a different path and looking at how do I tie the two together to where it benefits this opportunity with land flipping. And I had some capital to, to be honest, some, a fair amount of capital that I could, I could put into the business, you know, or put into land purchases. So that helped as well. And then I found a land subdividing coach. I jumped into a land subdividing mastermind and it was like, you know, everything that needed to, to line up came together at that moment in time. And that's when I just had that light bulb moment and started just putting a lot of time and effort into figuring out how to do subdivides to where I can force equity and appreciation into these deals and, um, just take down bigger deals versus doing, you know, smaller land deals where, you know, I mean, listen, I, the, the land geek process is very simplified. It's very clear in how you run that business. I think the way that it's laid out and the approach is, um, is, is, is good and benefits a lot of people. But for me, it, it felt like I was, because of my experience level, it felt like I was kind of going backwards. And so I wanted to figure out a way of tying in my professional experience of 25 years into the land business. And so that's how I arrived where I'm at. If you've listened to our show for any length of time, you've heard us talk about infinite banking and how we were able to use that concept to create over $50,000 a month in passive income. But it's just not that easy to figure out how does this all connect into my own personal system. Stallion, that's why we created the Passive Income Operating System, bro. It shows you how to turn active income into passive income. It makes all the steps come together. If you would like to get access to it as a podcast listener, we've never given this away in public before, go to whatswhatwallstreet.com forward slash P-I-O-S. There was nothing worse than walking into class when you're in school and the teacher's saying, pop quiz day. Why? Because you were unprepared. Are you unprepared though for financial freedom? Don't be. Find out how close you are by taking our 30 second quiz at wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash quiz. The best investment you ever can make is in yourself. And people talk about risk and talk about when, you know, how, how risky are things and you know, as you're listening to this, the, the things that require risk or in, enhance your risk are the things you know nothing about, the things that you can't influence. You can't um, dictate the outcomes. But you're listening to Rick and he said, look, I took my experience in in a space very similar. I saw an opportunity and I thought, oh, I can use the experience, get training, pay, pay for a mentor, pay for coaching, right? We've got to invest in ourselves, can't expect you know, pe- people that go out and play golf and don't pay for coaching, they get the results that they want, right? But you got to you got to be invested in yourself. But but when when Rick invested in himself, but also combined it with expertise, now he has results. So most people don't quite understand the land flipping, definitely to the area that you now understand it or the subdivide space. 
would you mind just talking about the very first deal that you did? I think that would be maybe great uh, insight into yeah. why people knew um, that that this why you knew this was the thing for you and how it was going to ultimately sure. propel you to your full time gig. So, with my construction and development background, you know, for years as a project manager or a director of construction, you know, you you put together project costs. You understand all of the costs associated with a project from the time of buying that piece of property all the way through due diligence, through development, through construction, through closeout, right? And so I had this insight and understanding of what costs look like and understood how to take that those costs and then on top of that, build teams out to do work on these subdivides and kind of put them together. So my first deal, and, and so I, I live in Texas, I'm from Texas, but one of the things that I noticed and realized is that everybody is working on land in Texas. And I just, I'm, I'm different. I don't go where everybody goes. That's just not who my makeup is. It's always been like that. I, I like to go against the grain. So I started looking in Virginia. Um, because I had spent a lot of time in Virginia when I was growing up as a kid, we lived there for a while. I've done a bunch of business in Virginia, um, in my professional life. And I've always just loved the state. So I started looking at Virginia and I found a piece of property that was 30 acres. It had 2000 lineal feet of Creek frontage on the backside of it. Beautifully wooded tracks, road frontage, utilities in, you know, close proximity. I, under, I looked up and, you know, found what the restrictions were on the property, contacted the county, asked them what their requirements were for a subdivision, started calling around and talking to surveyors and land clearing guys and um, spending a lot of time um, talking to the broker in the area, the broker that had the property for sale and started developing and building these relationships out, which relationships are the key to everything. Your network is your net worth, right? Um, and so I, I put a pro forma together. I understood what the comps were. I understood what I was purchasing the land for. I realized that I could force equity and appreciation to the deal. If I took the five tracks of the, the 30 acres and broke them into five tracks of, you know, different sizes. And, and then I put it in front of investors and you know, I got an investment group to, to buy the deal and go in with me as a partner. And that was just the confidence that came out of that is really just kind of, it was like it lit a fire. It was like, oh my gosh, you know, all these things that I thought I wasn't deserving of, or maybe I didn't think that I could do. It's not that hard. You just got to show up. You got to do the work and you got to believe in yourself. Um, one of my favorite sayings of Coach K's is preparation plus courage equals decision making. And damn if that isn't right. That's awesome. No, so so talk to me about that particular deal though. Somebody says, Oh, it sounds interesting. You took 30 acres, you broke it into six tracks or five tracks or whatever it was. Um what's the so what behind that? You said you forced appreciation. Was it like, Hey, I made 10% on my money. Hey, I made, I mean, what, what? Yeah. So how, tell me how you went from that to, yeah, I'm quitting my job. Yeah. So we, um, I purchased that property for about $77,000 with survey costs and some minimal clearing and, um, and just some other fees. I think I was in it for about 93,000. 
And currently we're 80% sold out and on track to, you know, gross lot sales will be around $200,000. So it's a two X. I mean, my investors are happy. Is that, is that good? It's great. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, ideally on these subdivides, you would like to, you know, I would, we always shoot for like 40 to 50% returns, but, um, yeah, two X is really good. And what time frame are we talking about? When did you purchase these? And now you said you're 80% sold out. So yes. what period of time? Yeah. So we closed, um, at the end of April, they hit the market in May because I was basic. We had permission from the seller to do some work in the background. So we were already working on the survey and, um, the site clearing and some other stuff. So as soon as we closed within two weeks, we were on the market. So we hit the market, let's say middle of May. And so here we are August and we're sold out, but really we were sold 80% two weeks ago. So we're down to our last lot, uh, 102 days on market today, basically. And we're 80% sold out. It, and by the way, so for those doing math at home, Joey's pulled off his shoes and is trying to calculate this. When, when you make a hundred percent return, but you do it in less than a year, it is a greater than a hundred percent return, right? Because right. have you, if you yeah. have the capability of now taking that money and reinvesting it, and then you, you run out the full 12 months, you're going to have a lot more return than a hundred percent. That's astounding, man. That's super cool. Now, I know we can't break down every deal, but I really appreciate you going through that one with us and sharing some numbers. Let's talk about where, where is life taking you now? Right? So you, you came into this March 31st, walking into your job last day, you started spending more time with your son every single day. Now you're doing more subdivides. What's the next thing for you? I think, you know, we've had some conversations around this separately outside of this, you know, this podcast, but wanting to be a good business owner, doing things the right way, structuring my company the, the correct way, making sure that we have systems and processes in place. I don't know if I've mentioned yet, but my sister is my business partner that didn't initially start out like that. I initially was doing this by myself and we joined forces um, mid April and my sister's background is bookkeeping writing partnership agreements, waterfall structures, equity payouts. So she's like the brains in the back of house, which is a perfect compliment to me because I'm more of the face and the acquisitions guy. It, it sounds right. That it took her a, a full two weeks to be able to jump in with you. I was, <laughs> well, I offered her 50% of the company. So yeah. <laughs> Dang. That sounds like my partnership with Joey. It's paid for itself, you know, fivefold already. So um, I have no complaints and I'm so happy to be partnered with my sister who's a, uh, um, a veteran, um, a lover of, you know, um, being in business together. And so, um, she's a very strong Christian. She keeps me grounded, which is great. So yeah, that's so awesome. I, I love, uh, hearing your story, Rick, for somebody who is on the fence, somebody who has been where you were six to 12 months ago and so they're fed up. Something has gotten them to the point where something has to change. And if they're not there, their, their why is not big enough, right? But for the person whose why is big enough and they're stuck on that fence, what would be your advice to that person right now? I think the main thing is you have to ask yourself, what is your pain point? Are you willing to just continue to put up with the way that you feel on a daily basis and 
or are you ready to invest in yourself and chase your dreams? I mean, quite honestly, you know, the, the scariest part for everybody, including myself, is getting past our fears. On the other side of that, fear is the happiness and the success that you desire and you're looking for. It's there. You just got to go get it. And I'm not, listen, <laughs> I'm not a college graduate. I, I went to high school. I grew up in the construction industry, the school of hard knocks. I literally started out as pushing a broom. I was a laborer and worked all the way up to my, you know, to a director of construction where I was managing a hundred million dollar portfolio before I left the business. But that's just it. You have to show up every, you have to be willing to show up every day and do the things that are boring and monotonous and just know that every day you're getting incrementally better. And eventually you will get to the point to where you will start to feel like you are achieving the things that you had set up for yourself. But, but you have to get past those self-limiting beliefs. You have to get over that fear hurdle. And that was the biggest thing for me. It was like, you know, the Birmingham event was a huge catalyst for me. We had the breakout session and I was sitting at the table with Mark, Haraguchi and Niti. And I was explaining my whole background to them in my situation. Cause at that time I was thinking about buying out my, my, uh, the two guys that I work for ended up not working out, but you know, Mark and Niti helped me realize like, Hey Rick, listen, you have everything that you need to do your own thing. The only thing holding you back is you. That's it. I mean, you have the experience, you have the know, the know-how, you have the contacts, you have the relationships, you have the network. You are personally responsible for holding yourself back and not going after your dreams and accomplishing them. As soon as you can get over that fear and just take that first step, you'll be surprised how easy it is. And listen, it's, when I say easy, I don't want people to misinterpret that as, oh, I just show up and like money falls into my mailbox every day. And, you know, I'm, you know, success is just like, you know, it's everywhere I turn, it's right there. You have to do the work. Um, but as you start to gain and build confidence in yourself, you start to realize that the work doesn't feel like work because you're benefiting yourself, you're benefiting your family. And again, too, I think with anything, you just need to make sure that you have a good plan, that you stick to it and you're accountable to yourself, accountable to your family. You know, the, <laughs> the nice thing about working from home is I have to look around my house every day and realize like, I got to pay the rent here. You know, I got to pay these bills. I got to feed these dogs. <laughs> I mean, so um, there's a certain, you know, part of accountability that comes with that. But, uh, you know, I hope that answers what you're asking. I kind of mm. went off a little bit of a path there, but. Hey, we all, we all do. Uh, I'm guilty of it. Maybe once or twice a day. <laughs> Rick, thank you for coming on, bro. It was a lot of fun to hear your story. Appreciate it, guys. You you heard Rick's story and his is probably different than yours, but not so different, right? What did he say? He said, you have to have a motivation. Sometimes people are like, I, I just can't do it. Well, that's, that's negative self-talk, right? Every single day you get up, you go to job to, to the job that you're you're working at, my guess is you're doing a really good job there, right? A good enough job that they keep you, right? <laughs> you're, you're, you have dedication, you have work ethic, but maybe you do need ideas. Maybe you need opportunities. Maybe you need relationships. Maybe you need, need to gain that experience. Maybe you got to get your money in the right place, right? You heard Rick talk about that. 
all, all of these things are possible, but maybe you don't have the strategy and the plan to help you do that. Joey, we've built a process for them to go through. Would you mind sharing that as we wrap up? Yeah. At the end of the day, you need a coach to walk you through that. I mean, we didn't tell Rick what to say. Rick just said what it took to get here. And many times he mentioned a coach, right? A model, a plan, somebody that could also walk him through what he needed to get unstuck in certain areas. And that's exactly what we have, right? It, at wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash free call, you get exactly that. You get to meet with one of our coaches and have them walk you through, help you diagnose where are the problem and then what is the right next thing for you so that you can start taking one step after the other in the right direction to make this dream a reality. That's really what it comes down to. And if you don't start taking the first step, you'll never get to where Rick is right now and enjoying the freedom that his company's called Latitude. He said Latitude is about freedom. And that's exactly what he's living right now. So take it upon yourself to make the first call, wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash free call. That's awesome. Well, we'll hold you to it. Make sure you let other people know. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening to this podcast episode. Just like Rick, tell other people. Tell other people. This is how they hear about the podcast. Ring the bell if you're on YouTube. Hit the rate and review button uh, on your podcast app so other people can find it. Have an amazing day. This has been the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to break free of the Wall Street mindset and begin building wealth on your own terms in places you understand so that your wealth will never run dry. See you next episode.